Hey everyone, welcome to Unrefined Women. I am your co-host Agnes. And I'm the other co-host Margaret. This podcast is an ongoing dialogue between two sisters on the topics of spirituality, religious trauma, mental health, family dynamics, and feminism. We're very grateful you could join us today. One, two, three. Ah, beers with my brother. (laughs) What's going on, sister? We are totally going to share one microphone, so we're going to see how this rolls. So this is my, I guess, birthday episode, because this episode is going to air one day before my birthday, which is in two days, so I'm totally flying by the seat of my pants here. But I am currently in Illinois, in the Chicago area, my hometown, and I'm hanging out with my brother, John. Hi, John. What's going on? (laughs) So I dragged poor John to be on the podcast with me. I've given him a few beers at this point, and so that was how I conned him into it. Just a few. <laughs> Just a few. And we are having a beer right now. What are you drinking? Oh, good old Coors Lattes. Gross. Yeah, piss water. <laughs> and I am having, guys, I'm actually having a Shinerbach, but this one's a little different. It's the Trail Ale, and I think it's actually delicious. So I'm thoroughly enjoying this Shiner trail ale how much did they pay you to say that zero dollars it was a free sponsorship okay i I need to learn a few business tricks from you obviously yeah clearly (laughs) so we are in town for our grandpa's 90th birthday and it's see it's me andrew the next brother and then john who's here right now the third brother in our family of nine children agnes is not here today she's out in Phoenix. She, I guess she decided this was not important to be here this weekend. So just kidding. Sorry, Agnes. I know you're going to come at a later date. So the three of us have been here all weekend, which has been a lot of fun, I think. What do you think? Has it been fun for you? Yeah, it's been it's been a good time. Good break from uh, reality here seeing the family. I haven't seen Andrew in five years, four or five years. I think we decided it's been a while. That's not okay. I cannot. I still am like trying to wrap my head around the fact that you just met Nissa for the first time. His wife, and they've been married for how long? Two years? Year and a half? Two years? Two years. And they've both been on the podcast, so everyone listening has already met them before. We had Nissa on the podcast last summer, I want to say, and then Andrew and Nissa both came on this past fall. So, uh, yeah, it's been wonderful to hang out with them, and Nissa's been meeting a bunch of the family. So, yeah, it's been a good time. Anyways, I want to talk about just some, well, for me, because I don't come back to Illinois very often, you come back every few weeks. But, yeah, I'm out here a lot, quite a I, bit. So I want to talk about what it's like to come back home and then just sort of like the flood of memories of all the things you remember from childhood that come up when you drive around your old streets. Why don't you share about what we did yesterday, which I loved doing, driving around our old neighborhood. Yeah, so we uh, we took a drive past the, well, actually the both, both the houses we grew up in, um, but our latest one, let's see, my parents bought it in 99. I should say our parents. How do you know the years? <laughs> uh, I remember that because it was one of my first like vivid memories as a child, uh, being five years old and walking through that house and thinking, gosh, this is uh, this house is huge. It's a mansion. We're going to live in a mansion. And I look at it now. I'm like, how did nine kids grow up in this tiny little house? <laughs> um, so that's why I remember the year. And um, I guess it's a little different for me because I'm back in Illinois a lot. Um, probably on average once a month. So I seen the house quite a bit. My really good buddy who, you know, I grew up with still lives right next door. 
So uh, I see the house quite a bit. Um, so it's a little bit different for me. Um, and, and I know, Margaret, you talk about how exciting it is to, you know, come out here and see all this stuff. For me, it's kind of I'm I haven't quite hit that excitement part. I, I come back and I I hate the weather. So I, I moved to Phoenix two and a half years ago from Illinois. And right before that, I spent a year over in Afghanistan. So really it had been, you know, it's been three and a half, four years since I've really spent time in Illinois and, um, I'm over it. I'm over the clouds. I'm over the cold. I'm over the, you know, dark at three thirty. the depressing, horrible atmosphere of the Midwest. So I, I, I'm over it, but yeah, Margaret, I know she's super excited seeing everything. We went by, uh, a little, it's like a sausage shop, I guess, a worst kitchen. Uh, we have memories of, you know, our dad taking us there back way back when, uh, growing up and, uh, we got some of our, you know, Hungarian kielbasa and Hungarian head cheese, which we loved as kids. Sounds weird. Look up head cheese. It's disgusting. Uh, but <laughs> so it tastes good. good. It tastes so good. good. <clears throat> um, but yeah, no, it was exciting. And we, we went to Jake's Bagels in Delhi, downtown Aurora, where Margaret used to work. Andrew worked there too. Yeah, it was my first job in high school. I worked there almost three years. Yeah, so we went there. I met one of my uh, big mentors growing up, Bill Walsh. Um, bunch of friends. There was, gosh, there's probably 15 of us in there. That was a good crowd. Yeah, it was. So that was really cool. Uh, spent time with Grandpa, obviously, here for his 90th birthday. Um, yeah, we did a little bit of everything. And we're staying in an Airbnb here in Montgomery, which is kind of right, you know, between like where I lived, you know, we grew up in Aurora, which is one town over. Then you got Montgomery. Then you got Oswego, which is next to that. And I spent almost three years in Oswego. And then Yorkville is the next town, which I spent three and a half years there. So uh, it was kind of cool to be like local and, you know, realizing you remember all the streets and, oh, yeah, that restaurant there. I remember that. I forgot about that place. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like one of my favorite things about being home, and again, because I don't come as often, I drive around all the old streets and I'm just hit with this flood of memories of all these cool things from childhood. And yeah, that you know, there's bad stuff from childhood too. Agnes and I have talked extensively about, about that, but I feel like when I come back to Illinois, maybe just cause it's been so much time since I've lived here, I feel like I really appreciate the good moments and I really enjoy relishing and all the good memories that we had as kids. So that's been one of my favorite parts. And yesterday, I think, was so fun when we were driving around because John was driving in his rental car with his girlfriend, Jamie, and their kids. And then Braden and I were following behind in our rental car. We were, like, on the phone with each other, just driving through our old neighborhood and, like, hey, remember that house? And -and so-and-so lived there. And remember that one time that we got in the fight in that person's front yard? And, (laughs) you know, so it was just so much fun doing all that. But so you talked about because we, we drove by two houses yesterday. There was the house that we lived in from the time that I was, a, I think, a baby until I was about eight years old. And we are, how far apart are we in age? Because I'm turning 32 this week. How old are you? I'm turning 29 this summer, so we're three and a half years. Okay, so three and a half years apart. So we lived in this one house um, until I was eight. And so you must have been five or something, right? five-ish yeah so when we moved to our marion house it was uh i was five years old so i think i was actually born in that we call it we'll call it the sims house yes you were born in the sims house i remember when you were born we'll get to that 
I remember. That's one of my earliest memories. Okay. So you were born in the Sims Street house. And then when I was eight and you were five, we moved like a few blocks over to Marion Avenue. And we lived in the Marion Avenue house all the way up until our parents got a divorce a few years ago when they sold the house. So that was in our family a long time. So, okay. So we lived there. So let's, okay, I, can't, I lost my train of thought already because, you know, I'm drinking Shiner. Anyways, <laughs> so Sim Street House. Um, what's your first memory that you can recall from childhood? Tiny. It was small. What what was that? One, two, three bedrooms, and then like a family room area, dining room, kitchen. And then it had a basement. I think it was partially finished. That, that was a nice basement that I remember. I have, I feel like it was a nice basement, like a decent basement. Yeah, I mean, I've seen worse. For sure. I just remember one of my first memories in that house was we we were, you know, we were a bunch of homeschool kids, right? <laughs> so we were bored. And we I looked out the window one time and there was this guy walking down the street completely naked. <gasps> I remember this. And I'm like, I'm like, look, someone's naked. And all those kids went running to the window. We're like, what is happening? And mom's like, everyone get away from the window. And by the time he passed our house, there was like 10 squads. And mom would not let us look out the window. And we're like, what is this guy doing? And now I'm like a grown adult. And I'm like, that dude was probably like cracked out of his mind or something. Um, yeah, spoiler spoiler alert. We grew up on the not good side of town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, it was pretty ghetto, pretty hood rat. So, uh, yeah, that's like really my only memory. Well... Besides the fact that I'd always go to the neighbor's house two blocks down and always got stung by bees because they had. <laughs> so it was two houses. Down. I don't know if you remember. I think you were friends with the, one of the girls and they had like all these bees underneath their porch. And I'd always mess with the bees and I always got stung. Always. So that was a thing. Um, gosh, who was that? Because you hung out with a girl all the time. I'm trying to remember. Okay. It was it was on um what road is that? Anna Ashland. No, Sims. Yeah, it was, it was on, on Sims. Sims. I know. Yeah, some uh so there was next door to us for a while was Marky and Elise. They were right next door and then they moved away and I don't know who moved in after them. And then the next house down was Mark and Vanessa. I think that was it. Except that Vanessa and I, we were like frenemies. I vaguely, okay, guys, this is like from before I was eight years old. So this is really foggy memories. I don't even remember anything, not not many details about these people. So Mark and Vanessa, I don't, I don't know how I remember their names, but Vanessa and I were frenemies. We would kind of be friends, but usually we were fighting. And then the house next to that was Madeline and Zachary. I think that might have been them. It was, it was the th I think, the third house down. Yeah, so Madeline and Zachary were cool. So did you know that Zachary was my first crush ever? Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> I had a crush on Zachary from the time I was like, oh gosh, I think I was like five until we moved when I was eight. I had a good, like a solid crush on him for three years and I was best friends with his sister Madeline. I, I don't even know anything else about them. I don't even know their last name. I just know they were the kids down the street when I was little. You like stalk him or something, see what he's up to. I can't stalk him. I don't know his last name. <laughs> it's kind of creepy. <laughs> so, okay. So you would get stung by bees there. So, okay. So my, okay. So you remember the guy walking on the street naked. I remember that. I also remember 
um, him walking down the street. And I remember mom telling me, cause I think I was seven when this happened. And, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast, but when you're seven years old in the Catholic religion, you're now old enough to commit a mortal sin and go burn in hell forever. So when he was walking down the street, mom pulled me aside and was like, you cannot look out the window. Otherwise that's a mortal sin because you're looking at a naked person. <laughs> Is it really seven years old? Yeah. Really? Well, because at seven years old is when you have to go to confession for the first time. <laughs> John's rolling his eyes right now. <laughs> it's when you can go to confession for the first time and you have to confess your sins and then you can receive communion. And you are now, they call it the age of reason or something like that, where you're now old enough to do something bad enough that you can burden hell forever because of a choice he made at seven years old if you don't confess it. I barely remember seven. So like that's insane. <laughs> yeah. If I if I should be able to make the decision, I guess, to do something and spend the rest of my life in eternity, I should be able to legally drink. I should be able to drive. I should be able to join the military, right? Yeah, you would think I mean, so. I should be able to vote. At seven, I mean, that's just my opinion, I guess. That's crazy. I didn't realize it was seven years old. Yep. So. Yeah, so I wasn't allowed to look out the at the window at the naked man. I was I was getting like the religion talk that same, as this was all going down. So, um, so one of my earliest memories though, because I totally diverted there, was um, flying on a plane to Portland, Oregon, and you were in mom's belly when this happened. And Andrew and I were flying on the plane to Portland, Oregon, to visit my mom's family. And I vaguely remember um, like. Andrew and I were playing with toys in the seat and we kept turning around and like talking to the nice lady behind us. <laughs> he was really putting up with the kids that kept harassing her on this flight. And then I remember when we were descending into Portland, mom put our seatbelts on to, you know, fly down and we were both screaming. And years later we were having a conversation, you know, when we were adults, we were having a conversation with her mom about this. And then we were like, Hey mom, remember we were descending into, into Portland on that flight when we were kids and you put the seatbelt on and we screamed the whole way down. And mom's like, yeah, was that cause your ears were popping? And I was like, no, it's cause you put the seatbelt on too tight and it hurt my waist. Jeez. <laughs> and Andrew was like, I was just screaming cause she was screaming. I don't know. <laughs> So um, that's my earliest memory. And then my second earliest memory was when you were born. You were born at the Sim Street house. And I remember you were born sometime in the middle of the night because or early morning because I remember waking up and I was in my crib in my pink footy pajamas. And I remember standing up in the crib and calling mama, mama. And after several calls, mom was not coming. So then I switched over to dada, dada. <laughs> and then dad showed up and picked me up and said, you have a new baby brother and carried me into mom and dad's room. And you must have just been given like she must have just given birth like shortly before because you were just this little naked screaming baby. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> changed. <laughs> right. And I remember you would not stop pooping. You kept pooping. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Some things haven't changed. <laughs> so you kept pooping and the doctor was trying to weigh you and they were like putting you in this like little like towel and like holding you up and like trying to weigh you and you just kept pooping in the towel <laughs> Jeez. and i was like your mouth is hot what are you eating takis hot. Yeah, that's what happens when you eat takis here's some water 
parting, guys. Interruption by John's son, Zayden, who is absolutely adorable. Zayden, how old are you? Five. You are not five. Zayden, how old are you? Zayden, how old are you? Oh, he's hiding his face. How old is Zayden? He's three. Yeah. I bet you that Brayden just shared his talkies with Zayden. He absolutely shared his talkies with Zayden. And now his mouth is burning. Poor kid. Okay, anyway, so yeah, you were pooping nonstop as an infant. That was my first memory of you. Well, that's joyful. <laughs> all right i want to talk a little bit about since we're in this in this space of talking about childhood about our relationship that we had as kids so what do you remember about me as a kid and like our dynamic that we had between us so margaret was my favorite sibling oh uh we would hang out i remember we'd hang out we'd talk until like midnight when we were a little bit older and um I was I was actually just talking to my girlfriend Jamie who was she was here with us she flew in on Thursday and then she flew back with her two kids uh, this morning and I'm staying one extra day um, and I was telling her I go I remember that Taco Bell where when Margaret first got her 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 license in her car Andrew Margaret and myself we would go there and spend all our money on tacos or whatever we buy like everything on the menu and we go back to the house at like you know, whatever, midnight, one in the morning. And we'd stay up and we'd just talk trash about people, mainly people from church. Oh, so bad. We were so, we were so mean. <laughs> we were the worst. And we would just eat food until we died. Um, and Margaret was my favorite because, I mean, we always got along. I mean, um, Andrew was cool, but Andrew beat us all up. So, you know. Um, but I, I, I did like Margaret. She's my favorite sibling. So I remember that. I remember we'd always stay up and we'd talk. And we would order Schwann's ice cream and we'd sit up and just eat tubs of ice cream because we were deprived as children. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's like my biggest memory of Margaret and that she took the beating for everything because she was the oldest and had to experience everything for the first time. And my parents, you know, they were harder on her than they were on the rest of the kids. It's just how it works. Being the oldest child. Pretty much. Yeah. You're breaking down all the barriers for everybody following behind you. So I remember when we were little kids, I do remember that you and I had so much fun together. We were always like getting into trouble together. I think when I, because being the oldest, there was such a responsibility to kind of be mom's right-hand person and help, you know, raise the children and all that. So I had that part of me that I think that was really serious. And I'm sure you probably remember that part of me, the bossy older sister that was just pissed off all the time. And so there was that part of me, but then when I would, feel playful and want to get into trouble you were my go-to <laughs> and you and I used to just love to stir the pot and cause trouble amongst the neighborhood kids and um, there was always drama going on in the house there were you know because when you have nine children or however many because the number was always changing depending on our ages but you know when you had a bunch of kids all living under one roof and we were all homeschooled in in the same house together we were there was always some kind of warfare going on Every day there was someone picking up, picking on someone else. And so 
usually I felt like you and I would get along pretty well. We were usually on the same team when it came to inner family drama. But occasionally, I think because there was you, Andrew, and me, occasionally you and Andrew would kind of team up together against me. Sometimes I would team up with Andrew against you. We kind of had this little like triad going. (laughs) And we were all like fair weather friends to each other. Like most of the time you and I were on the same team, but sometimes we would we would fight with each other because that's what siblings do. Um, so I remember a lot of that. Uh, so just a lot of playfulness. And then, as you said, when we got older, we would just stay up late and just talk and talk about everything going on in our lives and all the people that we knew and talk about people from church, which was so mean. I feel so bad about it now. (laughs) Remember the time when we went over, we were talking about our neighbors right next door, uh, Stephen and Kimberly. Oh, I hope they don't find our podcast now. Yeah, we were terrible to them. I remember there was one time where we, I don't know what got in our heads, um, but we would ding-dong ditch them all the time. So annoying. Uh, and then the one time we took a whole bunch of underwear out there and we, like, covered their car. <laughs> and we were, like, sticking it to the windshield wipers, the antenna hanging out on their door. I don't know what possessed us to do that. And of course they're watching us out the window as we're doing it. And they come knock on our door and say, yeah, your kids are hanging underwear all over our car and house. And of course we get, you know, our ass whooped, (laughs) but I'm like, yeah, just stupid, stupidity. Anyways, I don't remember doing the underwear. I remember the ding dong ditch. We just tortured our neighbors next door. But I don't remember the the underwear. That but that sounds like something that I mean that lines up with shit we did as kids. So, do you remember what mom would say to us all the time? She was like, "My kids don't have sibling rivalry. It's sibling warfare." Do you remember that? Oh, I sure do. It it was legit sibling warfare. Every day was something. Literally, like it just never stopped. I don't know how my mom did it. She's a saint. Our mom is a freaking saint. We were awful. Well, we're at church today. We, you know, we go back to uh, the church we went to as young children. Oh, yeah. We should say that really quick. So, guys, guess what? We went back to one of our churches today. Um, We went to the one church that was, I I could say the one church that did not traumatize the hell out of us. It was a pretty decent church. And it was not Roman Catholic. It's actually a Byzantine Eastern Rite Catholic church. So, a little bit different. Um, But this was a church we went to for a few years. I think I was probably high school when we went there. And we had an overall good experience. So we decided today, us three older siblings, to go there and take our families. And we haven't been there, what, like 10 plus years? 10 plus years. It's been forever. So long. So we went back today. It was the same priest, a lot of the same families. And it was actually really nice connecting with them. But anyway, go ahead and continue your story. Um, Oh, yeah. So I'm talking to another family who actually has nine kids. They're pretty normal, I guess, as normal as normal gets with nine kids. Um, but I'm talking to the husband, you know, John, and we're just talking and this and that. We're reflecting back on, you know, 10, 12, 15 years ago. And I was like, yeah, we were horrible kids. And they're like, yeah, you guys were pretty bad. <laughs> and I'm like, for 12, 14, 15 years later, for you to remember, like, that's what imprints in your brain. You're like, yeah, you guys were pretty bad. I'm like, gosh. I don't know how they didn't like kick us out of the church, to be honest. Like we were rotten kids, just rotten. 
Well, you know what's hilarious? So while you were having that conversation with John, I was having a conversation with Renee, his wife, and I said the same thing to her. I was like, oh my gosh, I like now at 32, you know, 32 years old, I feel kind of bad because out of all the churches we went to and all the religious trauma we experienced, this was the one church that was actually pretty good to us. The problem is by the time we came to this church, we were already so damaged from all of the other religious upbringing we had gone through that we were just wild. We were so rebellious and we were just fighting against the grain. Like any chance we got, we just loved the cause drama because we were just so sick of it. We were sick of the bullshit. And so any, any, anyone or anything that was religious, we were just fighting against it. And so I feel kind of bad that people at, at that church kind of unfairly had to experience all of our side effects of trauma. So I'm telling her this, I'm like, I feel so bad that we were such bad kids and caused so much just chaos around this pretty good church. And she kind of laughed and she goes, well, she goes, honestly, I found it kind of refreshing because she goes, I know the trauma that you guys experienced. And when I saw how much you guys were constantly fighting back, she's like, it gave me hope that you guys were going to pull through and be okay. Cause I knew you guys were not going to go down without a real fight. She goes, you kid have, you kids have a lot of spunk and a lot of creativity. And I think it's actually served you well in life. And I was like, damn, that's, that was a really nice thing to say. Like, Yeah. I don't know. That was, that's interesting that we both kind of had that same conversation with them. Yeah. And, and we have, we've all sort of pulled through. I mean, out of nine kids, you'd think <clears throat> one of us would have gone down, uh, you know, a bad road. But I think for the most part, I mean, every one of us has turned out to be halfway decent humans in the world. And I always say that, like, you know, you, you gotta be human to you, you as a human in the world should give back. I mean, don't just be a, a I'm not going to say deadbeat, but just, I don't know. There's people in the world that are like, what do you, come on, like get it together. And none of us really did that. I mean, we're all weird and quirky in our own ways, but we're all giving back. We're all doing something. We're all making a, a difference and, and doing our best to, you know, help others and, and do what we should be doing as humans, which is ultimately, you know, being there for each other, helping others out and, and being, you know, a positive light in the world. Um, and we're all doing that. I mean, every one of us, you know, like I said, we all have our quirks and issues, but you know, everyone's really turned out to be, you know, good people. Um, and that says a lot because you see a lot of people who don't work out and, and you know, you see parents who look back and they think, gosh, what did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong for my child to turn out the way they turn out? And you look at them as parents or what they were as parents. And you're like, gosh, like they had a good life. Um, and it just went south somehow, somewhere. So for us all to kind of grow up in the environment we grew up in, you know, which wasn't great, wasn't the worst either, but it wasn't great. Um, and all nine of us turn out to be decent humans in the world. It, it almost makes you wonder like, what did, what, what happened right for that? You know what I mean? Um, it's just, it's interesting. It is. Well, I feel like I have some some things that pop into my head right away about what happened right to us. And I think it was some of the really great adults that we did have in our lives. So let's give a little shout out to them. I feel like grandma and grandpa, they are the first ones that pop into my head. And we're, you know, we're all here for grandpa this weekend for his 90th. But grandma and grandpa, like, I, I think that they, they like saved us in a way. Because, you know, being in school for social work and studying the research, when you look at traumatized children 
and what is the biggest factor that helps a child that's been in a in a an abusive environment that what helps that child end up growing up and being okay it's them having just at least one supportive adult in their life that's there for them. That is a huge factor of success that that traumatized child is going to grow up and be okay. And I think grandma and grandpa were always there for us. They were a very steady presence in our lives. They were there, you know, not on a daily basis, but, you know, a weekly basis at least. They were there for us. And so I think they were huge. I think that Claire next door, remember Claire next door? Yep, I remember Claire. She was just so sweet to us all the time. Um, just yet another adult that just unconditionally loved us, despite just how chaotic we were. And I know you and Andrew, you guys had some some men in your life that were really influential. Yeah, Greg. Greg was really good. Uh, he passed away from cancer. I think I was 16 or 17. I only knew him for a couple of years, um, <clears throat> but he actually tutored me science. He was a retired science teacher. Uh, just a good guy. He taught me how to shake someone's hand. He taught me respect for women and people, how to open a door for somebody, uh, how to be confident in a conversation. Uh, you know, being a homeschooled, you know, Catholic kid, I guess, growing up, I was very quiet and shy and very timid. So it was, uh, it was good to, you know, to have someone like that in my life. Um, and then Bill Walsh as well. He was huge. You know, I just saw him yesterday uh, and he was a huge impact. Uh, and he still is to this day, you know, at 82 years old. I mean, you know, he's great. So anyways, Bill was uh, another huge impact on my life or another person, a huge impact on my life. Uh, he was actually a retired uh, English teacher. Uh, we hung out with him, like I said, on Saturday for a couple hours. I talked to him probably, I'd say once a month on average, uh, you know, him being in Illinois and me being in Arizona, but we'll talk for two hours, uh, just catch up on life and stuff. But he was a huge impact on uh, finances. I remember one thing that sticks in my brain is every big decision, financial decision or decision in general, you think overnight, you never make that decision the same day. And I, I mean, there's so many times in my mind where I'm, or in my life where I'm going to you know, I want to do this or I want to do that. And then I decide not to, uh, because I think overnight and I decide this doesn't make sense. So he's been huge. Uh, Jerry, you know, he was, uh, he drove trains for a living. He was a big impact. So I, I feel like I really lucked out more than any of you guys. Uh, cause I had a lot of great people in my life. Uh, like Phil, you know, fishing guy. He, uh, he actually paid for a trip for Andrew and I to go to Maine for eight days, for a boys fishing camp. Um, that was huge for us. So, uh, yeah, I lucked out. I had a lot of people in my life that really, you know, stepped in and had like that mentor role and, and taught me so many things. Uh, even Jerry, he taught me a lot with construction. Here I am. I own my own business as a general contractor, um, doing what I absolutely love. So, uh, that was everything for me without those people. I don't know where I'd be today. I think really all of us had people kind of like that in our lives. I know you and Andrew really had those those men that helped you out and shaped where you are now. I know for me, because I'm in music and I'm a musician, I had a lot of people within the music realm that really mentored me. My teachers, uh, you know, Janet and Susan were really influential for me during elementary school and high school. And then Marie, my professor in college. Those three women were like moms to me. 
Um, and then I had like my orchestra director, Jamie and her husband, Jason, those two, um, they just, again, super impactful for me. Um, and then several other just friends of mine and their parents really played a huge role. And I know for like Martina, I think Martina had some teachers at the Catholic school she went to for a little bit that really helped her out. And, you know, I can't quite speak for some of the younger, you know, for Agnes or, or Cecilia or some of the younger kids, the younger generation of our big family. But I know they, too, had people that really shaped, you know, kind of really shaped them in a really healthy and positive way. And I think I think that's a big driver to what helped us all turn out to be OK as adults now, finally. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, it was huge for us. And yeah, for the younger kids. Uh, I, I don't know if they really had that, uh, but I know with mom and dad separating, I think it was 2016, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of them were still pretty young and yeah, they had to go through that. But then we had the transition where a lot of, you know, all the younger kids went to Arizona with mom and, you know, they got into, you know, schools out there and stuff. And I think they had, uh, you know, they, they had their stuff out there, but also I feel like things were a little bit different at that time. You know, I feel like this, the, how strict you know our parents were later on with younger kids uh was different i wouldn't say it was better but i'd say it was different than what we experienced so it was almost kind of like two halves you look at you know the half of when we grew up and then the half when they grew up (laughs) so i know that we've been back here in illinois this weekend and just visiting with old friends and family. And it's been, the, I think this is the first trip that I've taken back to Illinois where you haven't lived here. And it's been you, me and Andrew all visiting together and kind of going through this re-experiencing uh, moments of ch- like memories of childhood and v- catching up with old family and friends and having that, that shared experience. So is there any other reflections that you have that you want to mention before we wrap up? Because we've got children to put to bed. Yeah, it's just, um, seeing kind of where we've all come from you know it's you know really i think really like the last time we were all together as like a family was you know back in high school right so you know seeing andrew and the life he's living and meeting his new wife well not even new two year you know he's been married for two years his wife for the first time and seeing what he's up to and you know i talked to you quite a bit uh, but seeing what you're up to and, and just actually seeing you and your new hairdo, right? I, I, forgot, <laughs> I forgot you got your hair done. I was like, oh, wow. Last time I saw you had a different hairdo, right? So uh, it's always a hairdo. My, you know what? My hair is on a journey, okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it's, it was just cool just to see where we all are. You know, to, to see um, Brayden. I haven't, you know, I haven't seen Brayden since it's been a while. You know, it's it's been four years probably. Well, same with your kid Zayden. Zayden is like, by the way, guys, our kids' names match or rhyme. My my son's Brayden and John's son is Zayden. So Zayden, last time I saw him, I I think he was like a little toddler or like he was little, and now he's like running around. He's a whole little human being with feelings and thoughts and opinions and everything. Yeah, so it's it's just cool to see where we've all to know where we all came came from and to see where we all are today. Um, and it is, it's, it's really cool. Um, and I, I mean, I, at least for myself, I can appreciate, you know, everything that's happened, I guess, and where we are today and where I am. I mean, I love my life in Arizona. I love the sun. I love the heat. I love the barbecue. I'm outside six days a week on my smokers or griddle or pizza oven cooking something. Um, 
yeah, it's, I'm, I'm over Illinois. I'm ready to get back. But anyways, yeah, I mean, I'm thankful for all this stuff. I think it's just fantastic. It's great. Um, and it is. It's fun to come back and hang out with siblings and see what we're all doing and go over our, you know, our memories and go to places like the sausage place, where's kitchen. And, oh, look, that's the Aldi's that we used to go to back when, when mom had $50 a month to spend there <laughs> <laughs> to feed nine kids. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just been fantastic. It really has. So. So the last thing that Agnes and I always do on our podcast before we wrap up is we say something that we're grateful for today. So no pressure, John. What are you grateful for today? Uh, I'm grateful for a lot of things, but I will say I am. Um, I'm grateful for for my son. He lives in Illinois. Um, that's why you're here all the time. So I'm here all the time. He lives here a little bit more than half the time. Uh, and then, you know, he spends the rest of his time in Arizona, but you know, he goes for four and a half, five week stint in Illinois. Uh, and then, you know, three, three and a half weeks in Arizona. So I always try to come back in the middle of his trip here to visit his mom, uh, to break that up. Um, and I mean, my little guy's almost four before the summer and, uh, you know, it's, he's, he's a little human, like Margaret was saying. And, um, it, it is hard flying and it's hard traveling and stuff, but I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't trade it for anything. I never trade any of this for anything ever. People are like, oh, do you regret getting married? Do you regret? It? I go, no, never. I do it all over again a hundred times. Um, if I knew what, if this was what I was going to have. So, um, that's what I'm grateful for really ultimately because my son is the most important thing in my life. So, yeah. So I feel like I have a lot of things to be grateful for today, but I, th I think the first thing that jumps into my head, because you're talking about Zayden, is just how, uh, it sounds so cheesy, but how full my heart felt today so many times seeing our kids playing together and just seeing our kids playing with their cousins and, you know, step siblings and friends. And it was just such a great feeling to, again, as you said, kind of come back to a place where we grew up, get back to our roots, see where we came from. And then be together and be around close friends and family and seeing where we are now with our children and then seeing our children so close and bonded together and, and creating new memories together. So that's what I'm grateful for. Yep. And everyone's healthy. Can't, cannot, cannot stress that enough. Exactly. So, all right. Time to put kids to bed. John, thanks for joining me on this little special birthday for me podcast episode. And grandpa. Happy birthday, grandpa. 90 years old. How about that? Happy birthday, Grandpa. We believe in the power of taking even one minute a day to breathe and find gratitude in the little things. Wherever you are, if you are able, close your eyes, take a deep breath in and out, and reflect on something that you are grateful for today. We are so honored that you could join us in this discussion today, and we hope you have a beautiful week.
If you enjoyed today's Unrefined Woman podcast episode, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share. To check out other episodes, please visit our website at unrefinedwoman.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. To stay in the loop and receive access to additional content, please follow us on TikTok, username unrefinedwoman, and on Instagram at unrefinedwomanpodcasts. Special thanks to Walter Birdsong for the album cover, Margaret Rainey for our podcast music, Andrew Cioni for our gratitude prompt music, and Sean Butcher for editing and production. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.